This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com. Joining me to discuss the birth of a new villa manager, Mr. Dan Rogers, Mr. Chris Bird, and Mr. Phil Shaw. Welcome. Hello, Hello again, villa chums. <laughs> <laughs> we dragged you back. We we were all in the same room uh, before the uh, the Brighton game. It's remarkable. We were in we were in many rooms across many hours. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good point there. We had a little uh, my old man said uh, Patreon match club meetup before the Brighton game, which was uh, very nice, wasn't it? Not. Nice to put some faces to the names slash voices. Yeah, a bunch of lovely people as well. The match club started uh, when you cast your mind back to uh, when lockdown was on and uh, the Premier League was being played behind closed doors, which wasn't really fun for many of us. So uh, I created Match Club, which actually turned into uh, one of the most positive uses of, uh, it's not social media, is it? It's uh, the internet, shall we say, that I've probably experienced because it filters out all the nutters on Twitter. Yeah, it was very positive and uplifting and quite funny I still well. get in <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just about so uh, thanks very much uh, to everybody who uh, turned up it was uh, it was it was a good two hours before the game uh, uh, we, we could make small talk but we made enough of that yesterday after the game after after the game on the uh, on the what was that Frankenstein fusion of snooker and uh, golf we were playing around midnight Tip tap golf or tap pit tap, pity tap. pat pit pat pit pat pitter patter golf or something. We all went head to head in a colossus battle to the death. It turns out that I'm the Tiger Woods of the sport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we thought Bud had won because he was all bravado. There was the midsection. Me and Bud were trading hole in ones, and then it all went to shit. And Dan yeah. just was steady and just. Just hitting his twos all the no, way through. Chris went missing like a Chinese tennis star midway <laughs> through the round. Chinese uh, football club owner. I was the uh, I was I was definitely the Anwar Al Ghazi of mini golf. Turned oh. up once in a blue moon and then meh, it kind of went missing. It's funny when I when I had a uh, the pressure was on shot. Every every time I had one of those, I said I have to channel my inner Al Ghazi, and I and I sunk it every time. 
That was the magic word. You got to channel problem. when you see when you relaxed, the ball was going off the table. It was going on the. You know, it's like your inner chi or, or whatever of a Eastern philosophies. It's like this is the modern day. You have to channel your inner Al Ghazi. If you can master that, your inner Al Ghazi uh, life, it's just it's just a path of success. Yeah, but Buddhism wasn't victorious on the night. No, and uh, let's not even talk about Shaurism. No. I'd a Buendia issue. I just couldn't last the distance. <laughs> it's kind of it's like Sleepy Hollow. All right. Anyway, let's uh, move on to uh, proceedings, shall we? Uh, coming up, we will uh, go through the latest villain news, the three points. Media Muppets, before getting into Stephen Gerrard's victorious first game as uh, Villa boss, Villa head coach, uh, Villa guru. What's he call himself nowadays? They, they keep changing the title. Godfather. Top lad. Boss man. We'll call him boss man. All right. Uh, we'd like to... Uh, start off with some news so uh, what do you want to talk about do you want to talk about Adele getting Spotify to get rid of the shuffle button on albums or uh, the Villa news well I also <laughs> have issues with Spotify so let's just get on with the Villa news <laughs> Right, uh, first of all, uh, if you haven't heard yet, uh, Stephen Gerrard, ex-Liverpool captain, legend, has uh, become the Villa manager, which is still bizarre to me, still surreal. Didn't quite, I I didn't watch Match of the Day, I watched, what did I watch after the game? Uh, Probably the Sky Highlights when I got back. It still just seems surreal, him celebrating a Villa victory. Just a bizarre concept. It's kind of strange hearing another scouser, like, you know, talking about a Villa win. (laughs) Bizarre. Uh, the only survivors of the cull were uh, Nanny McPhee, uh, Mr. Danks, and Mr. Cutler. Uh, while Gerard brings his whole uh, backroom staff. We mentioned this in something for the weekend, but uh, during the international break, obviously the uh, switcheroonie of the uh, Villa head coach position was the main thing. Scotland, though, uh, managed to get in the playoffs, inspired by McGinn, as per usual, who actually uh, showed a bit more of his international form against Brighton, I thought. Apart from that moment where where he just he seemed to just have an out of body moment in the penalty area at a key juncture, we'll talk about this later. Yeah, <laughs> Mings uh, did what he did. Uh, Villa Park scored for England uh, against uh, San Marino. Uh, meanwhile, Villa's youth cup defence will begin uh, against Leicester. The under twenty ones will be away to uh, Charlton in the knockout stages of the Papa John's Trophy. And the Villa ladies, after being victorious against the Blues uh, in the local derby, I think the Blues have got a bit of a crisis at the moment. I mean, they're uh, not great. Known for having a decent uh, women's team, but uh, they've got no money, have they? Yeah, the tables are starting to turn. Fortunately, uh, the Villa ladies got hammered by uh, Manchester City 5-0, which is uh, kind of part of the cause nowadays for any other uh, women's team uh, playing Manchester City. Bring back a Luca. <laughs> uh, right. I, bl- I blame it on Douglas Louise, personally. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just going to carry on and ignore that comment. <laughs> <laughs> After Villa beat uh, Brighton, uh, unfortunately, the, uh, the the season ticket waiting list actually went down. Oh, no. It's now, uh, what is it, 275,000 or something ridiculous? I don't know. That's because all the people that will have died before the 84th minute. <laughs> 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 Well, well I, I did save a life. I mean, you, you, you forgot to mention that. What, what happened? Well, I was I was 
getting distracted from the the entertaining football in the first half and I noticed the the largest wasp I've seen in years land on a, a guy a couple of rows in front of his head. Oh, no, 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 that's that's Harry the Holt Hornet. Ah, oh, well, no, nobody, nobody, nobody was warning this guy. So here's me thinking: I need to gather all the good karma I can to make sure Villa win this game. So, so I pat him on the shoulder and goes, "Mate, there's huge wasp in your head," and he's like, "No, there isn't." I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, all right. So I thought, right, I'm going to, have to take matters into my own hands. So I just sort of flicked it away with my ticket, and then after he turned around, thinking that I was trying to attack him, he saw the size of the wasp going past, and then it was just the thumbs up and go, oh, "Cheers, mate." So yeah, um, Phil, I'm Good disappointed you didn't beat him over the head with that Kindle that I saw you smuggle into the whole thing. Just oh, <laughs> yes, Kindle Davis. Yeah. <laughs> Kindle Davis, sorry, I didn't get that. I'm dumb. Oh no, whenever Keenan Davis comes on, I bring out the Kindle because I know the game's over. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that was one of your repartee of jokes. I didn't know that was a surism. We'll use <laughs> <No>. that. <laughs> Kindle Davis, I like it. <laughs> right, uh, I remember the uh, Daily Mirror stories who that uh, made out that. Uh, Scouts from Manchester United and Arsenal were bombing down to watch Keenan Davis, the new hot property that Villa had, and uh, I called them out for being media muppets. It actually upset one of their writers who had started writing for, uh, I think it was the sports editor there, who had started a column uh, for My Old Man Said, and uh, his bosses said, uh, yeah, you can't really write for them if they're slagging us off. Who was right? Who called them out uh, for saying that Keenan Davis was having all these top, uh, basically making out they were going to get by him? He's still here. We're still trying to get rid of him. Now that we should be <laughs> shitting ourselves that he was going to leave, and frankly, we can't yeah. get rid of him. Kindle sales are up, though. <laughs> Kindle sales. <laughs> Birmingham Kindle sales are up big time. By the way, it's, uh, uh, what is it, Black Friday, where you can get a good discount on a Kindle, I think. Might put a link to that. <laughs> right, speaking of Media Muppets, it's time for Media Muppets. So, uh... Phil, uh, put that Kindle down. What's in the, the trough this week? Well, football manager, the computer game's in the trough. It's not their fault, but it's the, the use of it as a, a legitimate tool. Um, first of all, we'll have the, the Birmingham Mail saying they appointed Stephen Gerrard with historic results. Now, newsflash for them, football manager's a game. So if you've played this year's version and witnessed Marvelous Nakamba playing like prime Andrea Perlo, you should really take it with a pinch of salt if you're using it to discuss the real world. Is this the male desperately trying to get young young readers or young viewers or engage with the youth? It's uh, it's just fucking embarrassing, if you ask me. It's like this, they don't even play it. They just sort of stick it in and hit sim and see what's ha- what happens. So it's, it's easy work for somebody, apart from having to try and create a, an article out of it. So basically they just say oh yeah Gerard went through the whole season and finished ninth without buying a single player then they go so you're asking what's historic about it and so oh the next season he bought Coutinho Tavernier and Kent from Rangers and Oxley Chamberlain as well as Lonan Buendia the Wolves and Dumpin Sanson El Ghazi and Nakamba just so Villa could win the FA Cup so it was I always remember the the, the term uh, mental chewing gum because chewing gum you don't swallow do you so the the metaphor is it's just a waste of time and this is a waste of time I mean, he's never managed in the Premier League before. It, it, it actually proves nothing, tells you nothing, informs you nothing, and we're kind of wasting time talking about it. 
Yeah, and then I go on. You go on to a different one. Bring your old favorite football insider back, and uh, Kevin Phillips is the the pundit on it this time. The headline is: um, Aston Villa are definitely signing two stars in January after source reveal. So definitely must have a new definition. What Phillips actually said was any manager coming in will want to put his own stamp on the squad. He will want one of or two of his own players in January, and that's he will definitely have been promised funds. So it goes from he will definitely sign two stars in January to well uh, he might want one or two of his own players and he has definitely been promised funds this is why I, I just I can't update my website anymore I just don't want to be in the same industry as these schmucks the Villa Underground would definitely be using that <laughs> <laughs> the new range of Kevin Phillips t-shirts without this one yeah, interesting Keep, tell me more Phil <laughs> yeah just, just, get foot, just get football manager and like leave it on play like just set a weight on the button just so it skips on I'm going to get football manager to edit this fucking podcast I think it seems to be multifaceted now what you can do with football manager create anything using it one stop shop now for anything you want news articles entertainment makes you dinner waste your life the only time I'll be interested in Football Manager doing anything, and this is a computer game, is when uh, they come into uh, the play-to-earn realms and I can start earning football, football wages, wages on it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> grand a week. Like then, then I'll just be playing Football Manager and not even going to Villa Park because, uh, you know, why spend 600 quid on a season ticket when you could be earning Football Manager wages? Time is money. At home. <laughs> in front of a log fire. Right, uh, <laughs> on to, uh, I'm in a good mood. I don't know why I've suddenly got very cynical. On to the three points. I think on Football Manager, this deal would probably net you a few bob as well. The Premier League have agreed a new six-year rights deal in the United States with NBC Sports. It's understand that the agreement is worth more than $2 billion, which is well over double the previous deal and will run to uh, 2028. So just when you're thinking that uh, maybe the pandemic could uh, burst the bubble of the ever-increasing TV revenues, uh, it doesn't seem to be the case. I think there's still more to be squeezed out of the international markets, uh, as this deal seems to suggest. Yes. Meanwhile, on the other side of the world, well, a bit of this story takes part in Yorkshire, the other, uh, where's Kim Kardashian lives? Is it California somewhere? LA? Calabasas. There's been a lot of uh, airlifts of uh, Afghanistan women, uh, well, talented women from chess players to scientists. And the latest is uh, hundreds of female athletes have uh, fled Afghanistan from the Taliban. And uh, Kim Kardashian uh, paid for a flight that brought uh, over more than 30 uh, teenage football playing girls and uh, their families, so 130 people in total. And I think uh, they're quite renowned uh, female football players over there, aren't they, in terms of... Uh... They do a lot of activism and they... You know, they yeah. Don't, you know, it's the kind of... It's the movers and shakers, isn't it, that are all leaving. It's these anybody who has a like a... The brain drain. Yeah, and people who've got an opinion on the Taliban and just running for the border. Well, anybody female, basically, also. Uh... Yeah, because they know they're not going to be allowed to play sport. Yeah, and uh, Leeds United's part in this is they have offered to uh, support the players uh, over or here as well. Point number three, Manchester City have suspended its partnership with, uh, how would you describe this, a ghost ship crypto partner, three key this week, uh, pending further investigations. Further investigations, it sounds like initial investigations because... uh, Sounds like nothing was done. Seems like it's a company that uh, doesn't exist, a la the Recon Group. (laughs) You may remember them. The crypto world gets a bad 
press just because mainly people don't really understand it at the moment but those who do doing pretty well there is a thing where the institutions are suddenly getting into uh, the crypto market and the crypto market is basically the future of finance it's the future of the internet it's the future of gaming play to earn being uh, one of the big things uh, the metaverse and uh, and it's come along pretty swiftly and uh, while the institutions and the people in society that control the money they just want to uh, make sure the man in the street doesn't get a piece of the pie while they're trying to work out what's going on so they all it's, it's almost like uh, they've created this scenario where crypto is bad it's a scam and uh, just to put the man on the street off you know, if I was the man in the street, I'd be researching it and uh, looking into it. So, I mean, like the Football Supporters Association can't help itself but to retweet uh, how crypto is bad in football. But uh, there's certain ways you can use the tokenomics of crypto, to, I mean, actually to help that establishment as well. But when you consider that, you know, in terms of it being a scam... In the US, I think uh, last year there was 80 million uh, scammed. And this is, you know, when we talk about scams, it's like people on YouTube saying, if you send us one Bitcoin, we will send you two back as uh, part of the celebration of the anniversary of blah, blah, blah. Nobody gives you twice as much back if you send them something. I mean, this is not crypto being bad. This is just people being stupid. But while 80 million may be uh, scammed, you just got to remember in the real world, 12 billion was uh, taken off people from in the US from uh, overdraft fees which uh, is dubious as hell and uh, the banking authorities that sometimes now actually charge you negative interest uh, to uh, keep your money it's and people think they're all legit it's uh, a changing world and uh, do your research is what I'm saying. But Manchester City, they should have done their research. <laughs> but I think they're probably behind it. It's just a way of laundering money, isn't it? To get around a financial fair play. Potentially, allegedly, allegedly. Could, allegedly. Could, allegedly. Be, could be, maybe, who knows, just putting it out there. It does all smell a bit fishy, though. Mm. Before we move on, I just want to give a shout out to uh, supporters of this episode, Free Trade. Free Trade is a commission-free trading app that makes it easy for you to buy shares and EFTs, etc., to hopefully grow your long-term wealth. Remember, as with all investments, your capital is at risk. The value of your portfolio may go down as well as up, and you may get back less than what you invest. But the good news is if you sign up to Free Trade through our link, uh, Free Trade dot io stroke moms m-o-m-s you get a free share to kick things off uh, between the value of three pounds and 200 pounds so do check out the link and uh, get more details there also while we're here uh, don't forget to also uh, follow the podcast on twitter at my old man said or join the uh, mad few facebook group as as well which is dedicated to the listeners of the show right let's get on to uh sg's first game as villa head coach against brighton potentially a tough tie one uh, where i think uh, i think he said uh, he asked for a minimum of a clean sheet and uh, i was I think I mentioned it in previous podcasts when we mentioned the game. I was kind of, uh, the main thing was to break that losing streak because it does psychologically uh, clear the decks for Gerard to actually then uh, 
kickstart his uh, tenureship because that would always be on his back until he got rid of that losing streak. And we were prophesizing that losing streak could potentially go to uh, 10 games quite easily if uh, they went 1-0 down to Brighton early doors and uh, you know the crowd started to uh, get a bit uppity. But now I can't see Villa losing again. And you know I think it's unbeaten to the end of the season, isn't it? Well, I've run it through Football Manager and <laughs> it's a short <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's how you came to that losing ten game theory, wasn't it? That was running it through it football. Was, well, we've, yeah, we've we've moved on. <laughs> we've 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 moved on. Uh, Warsaw FC's backroom staff. So we're we're on the up now. And as long as St Johnston don't win the FA Cup and League Cup, I reckon we're all right, aren't we? <laughs> Right, so the first big thing uh, about Gerard's, uh, well, the first insight we were going to get in terms of uh, where his head was at with what he saw before him when he uh, turned, hands. <laughs> <laughs> when he turned up at Bodymore Heath was Gerard's first lineup. He went for pretty much four three three, would in terms of uh, yeah how it kind of laid out, and it seems that definitely. Uh, emphasis on getting as many of the let's say the top players on the pitch at the same time with the you know front three as of Watkins Ings and Buendia which uh when you look at how Liverpool play with the front three how Barcelona used to you can see you know where uh, he was coming from with that any surprises uh, in terms of midfield? I think Nakamba was in there because uh, he, he wants to get people who are, you know, who are going to get stuck in and give yeah, him some. Yeah, he wanted a slightly more combative and energetic team. And Ramsey gives you a bit of energy, and obviously McGinn, McGinn's McGinn. I wasn't surprised with the back four and keeper. I think we'd predicted that. Yeah, on, that's you know, pretty obvious. Week, and it was it? like, why, why not revert to what worked last season? And I think the only other time that that back four and keeper had played was when we beat Newcastle in the first home game. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Watkins, Ings, Buendia, it just looks good on the team sheet, doesn't it? As a, as a front three. The oppo- three from an yeah. opposition's point of view, you're thinking, eh, fuck, it's going to be tough, yeah. this one. And they've all got a bit of something, haven't they? Each of them is slightly different to each other. There's a bit of variety there. Yeah. Although, ironically, it was only when uh, Ings went off that Watkins uh, got his goal. But uh, more of that later but the first oh, first 80 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you're coming around to my way of thinking. Yeah, Dan Rogers was banging on about this all night after the game, so uh, we'll we'll go with that as our uh, our stance. <laughs> I just should have I should have stayed in the pub until the 80th minute and I'd have been <laughs> I'd have had an even better day. <laughs> we looked good for the first 10 minutes, I thought. First sort of 15 minutes, I thought we knocked the ball around really well. When, you were, when you're there watching the game, what you didn't see was when you look after the game at the uh, the stats and you see these possession, like Brighton 63%. That was never the impression I got watching that game. Because Brighton hardly had a sniff, did they, really? It was like watching Villa under Lambert. It was dead all of the ball. Yep. did absolutely fuck all with it. Other than when, they, when Tarek Lamptey got on the ball, he was like, well, I'm just going to carry it. Everyone else, yeah. it was really sort of, I don't know to say passive is the right word, but it, it wasn't sort of incisive. It was all very just, I oh, will just keep the ball and wait for Villa to come out. And Villa didn't. Villa were like, we're just going to stand our ground. Yeah. I mean, as Gerard, Gerard said, you know, we'd let them have the ball in areas that we didn't mind them having it. And, yeah. uh, you know, that played out. I did say that's a bit, yeah, I did say that's a bit spreadsheet Potter last season on his football that just <laughs> sort of removed all the joy from the game. That's that's just what Brighton do. It's just, they're just like a spider's web that just sort of sit there, and then once they get the ball, they don't they don't really do anything. But I think that's why he took Lamptey off because Lamptey was actually running at the defence. He was breaking from the plan. Yeah. It, made, it made the game very hard to watch, didn't it? From it was a it sin, wasn't it? It was not a good game to watch, and I suppose the most exciting parts were the two saves that Martinez had to make. You know, it was yeah. 
enough to make you put your Kindle down and go, oh, that wasn't it. You know, it was close. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but it was, I mean, but I, I think what, what I noticed about the first 10 minutes, I think Chris is right, that we, we started with a little bit of energy and then Brighton, it felt like Brighton stepped up. But they, but to say they yeah. really did much beyond the middle third of the pitch, I think would, would be to overstate how, I thought there was a lot of I thought time wasting or dark arts, call it what you want, from quite early from then and and something the referee could have dealt with but it was, it was almost like two two teams that sole focus was just keeping their defensive shapes oh yeah yeah with with yeah. Brighton I almost felt that because Villa started quite well you thought actually if Villa get on top in the first 10-15 minutes don't like you know I'm sure Potter would have said don't let them get on top early here yeah. don't let them don't let them sort of get the crowd involved and get them any kind of belief and I think once Brighton weathered that sort of first 15 minutes they thought actually our system works here we can hold Villa at arm's length because um, even though there was some really neat interplay between the midfield three, the front guys, it just wasn't quite working in the you know in the final third. I think Cash had a header quite early on, but we never we never got up ahead of steam. And I think Brighton realised actually they could just hold their shape, and we weren't going to engage them to get the ball. As Gerard said, in in those areas, it killed the atmosphere, didn't it? And there was a yeah, nervous. It, there was about a, there was twenty a, minutes. It yeah. went quiet. Yeah. Yeah. The, the narrative after this game, you know, is like Gerard's changed everything, and you know this is great. We, you know, we're winning again. Uh, the bad month or so is over, but in actual fact, this was no real difference from the Everton game, was it? Because that first hour against Everton, when we obviously were playing uh, the three at the back in that game, but that was mainly because of you know injuries, and uh, that looked like a game that was heading nil nil. Both teams more keen to uh, try to keep their shape and you know keep it tight. And it, again, it was uh, in the Brighton game, as was in uh, the case of the Everton game. It was the substitutes that changed it. And yeah, the fact that we have got firepower now that against a tiring team in those last ten minutes, we can switch it up. Absolutely, and a, and a little bit of variety. And I think it was the tail of two subs, wasn't it, really? Or two teams of subs. You know, Brighton took Lamptey and Cucurella, their two fullbacks off, who were probably their two best players on the day. And you kind of like scratching your head going, what is he doing? You yeah. see Matt Target's, you know, a massive sigh of relief on about 70 minutes. Um, and obviously we brought Bailey on, who gives you an energy. Ashley Young gave us exactly what we needed with just a bit of composure and said, well, yeah, I mean, Bailey came on, on just after the uh, the hour mark for Ings. Yeah. So, that, yeah. so Watkins went more central. Yeah, and uh, you've you know you've got obviously the speed of Bailey running at a, a, a tiring defence that's just kind of been focused and concentrate on keeping a shape against what was in front of them, and then it's obviously switched around, and uh, mm-hmm. you've suddenly got uh, a very fresh and fast uh, Bailey yeah. coming at you. Well, you've got Young and Algarzi as well. They're all three of them are ball carriers. They can all get you up the field, which is exactly what we needed. Gerard actually got his change. He's spot on. I thought Watkins looked looked a completely different player for for switching back to the middle. Agreed. Yeah. yeah, which is strange because his goal, he didn't. He wasn't in the middle for his goal. He was out, he he was out wide. <laughs> yeah, no, so he started that, in our a, penalty area. <laughs> yeah, that's a strange. That's a, it, it's, but it's also the first time he's actually done that maneuver since the the seven two Liverpool game. That cutting in from that side of the box and hitting it instead of despite El Ghazi trying to tackle him. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, that, that move was started off uh, by Mr. Young from uh, the centre of midfield in his own half. Uh, people were set, you know, giving Smith pelters for uh, bringing Young on uh, in as a sub in the centre midfield uh, a few games ago. But uh, 
An inspired substitution. <laughs> An inspired yeah. substitution by Gerard. <laughs> under under Smith, it was like, oh, what, what's he? You know, what's he coming on for? That's you know, he can't play there. You know, blah blah blah. It's like, well, yeah, well, he can actually. Uh, and by the way, uh, you know, Dean Smith when his substitutes came against Everton, uh, they managed three goals. Uh, Bailey's shots weren't He's being gone. saved. Get over it, man. Long gone. <laughs> Those mustard munching Delia Smith wankers. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck him. Ba- Bailey's corners were going straight in under Smith. Now his shots have been, and we only scored two under Smith. It was three. Just, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is, you, you, you can't. Uh, Judge, uh, you know, a whole uh, potential tenureship under one uh, one result, and but it's it was a great result for Gerard to get, yeah. and uh, the way it, you know the way it happened as well, having a clean sheet and uh, looking pretty solid uh, throughout the game, which is something that isn't that wouldn't have been an uncharacteristic uh, performance uh, under Smith actually when Smith wasn't swapping, changing, and uh, you know using all these coaches to overcomplicate things. It was very like some of the wins we had last year, to be fair. Yeah. Um, especially in Watkins' goal. You know, we saw him a few times cutting in and score. It was just a great goal, wasn't it? We haven't seen Villa score too many good sort of breakaway goals, certainly this season. It was, it was kind of a hallmark last year. I th- and I think from from the day that Gerard walked through the door, as I just said there, Smith, this season, uh, through circumstances, through injuries, through, you know, ridiculous kind of uh, pre-season preparation, has had to make changes. But you looked at some of the, you know, what was going on and you thought a lot of this is kind of unnecessary overcomplicating things. Tinkering. While Gerard's just kept it pretty, he's just boiled it down and just distilled it down to, right, we're going to, let's go for the clean sheet and we've got the firepower to nick the win. And uh, it's kind of pretty simple. Well, it was. It's, you can see the effect it's had on Matt Target in one game already. It's just like some, he's, he's been reprogrammed again. It's like, yes, uh, just <laughs> do your job. Do your job, Matty Target. Um, uh, that's maybe what you're going to see with Jared. He, when, even when he talks in his interviews and things, you just believe what he says at the minute. That you've no reason to doubt him. It's like, oh, Stevie says that. Yeah, it must be all right. He, I mean, he comes across pretty much better than I expected, actually. He's very uh, kind of erudite and... Uh, decisive in what he says there's no there's no flim flam ready to pop the question the jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds and they're ready to ship to your door Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. 
There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Well, the weird thing was, I mean, before before we fashioned the first goal, uh, it was what, turning into one of those weird games where you go, I'll take the point now. And yeah. Yeah, I were. must admit, to, to, to win <clears> as we did, did, did surprise me because I it was getting to that sort of edgy stage where I thought oh, I can see what's going to happen here. You know, we're on for a you know, I was we'll thinking make our was, a, mistake. Has a debut manager been booed before? <laughs> the guy uh, three rows uh, across from me uh, took the point because he left on uh, I think the seventy ninth minute. He knew what the train queues were going to be like. <laughs> it was the only wasn't it Usain Bolt? Was it? <laughs> 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 Who was at the game? If uh, if you didn't know, friend of the Bailey. But it was, just, it was just a really good way to win, you know, because it was strange. You, we scored the goal, and all of a sudden, the, this the belief. It was almost like a we became peaked Barcelona, the, didn't we? At that point, but it was yeah. like all of a sudden, we were like, hang on a minute, we're stringing passes together, and we don't look nervous, and we're running at them. And I think Young helped a lot with that. He did. He, he just gave mm. it. You know, there was there was suddenly three consecutive passes being strung together. It's like, yeah. wow, what's going on here? And the camber <laughs> had someone to roll the ball to and keep it. I think, you know, obviously Buendia and Ramsey had both tired and were sort of ineffective. Uh, Young was kind of just picked it up and said, I'm just going to engage the opposition and run at them. El Ghazi did the same. Obviously, that's Bailey's Bailey's bread and butter. But we all of a sudden, we, we pushed them back. And because they took their two fullbacks off, we did to them what they'd done to us for, you know, 70 minutes or so. I'm seeing, uh, I look at Bailey and I think, there's a good impact sub, but 30 yeah. million for an impact sub? <laughs> if he'd have scored that volley, I'd, I'd, I'd have... Oh, that would have been beautiful. I'd have impacted the moon from where I was <laughs> sitting. <laughs> but I'm thinking, like, I think 30 million for an impact sub is good if the first 11's 30 million. But then maybe maybe they got Young in as a free transfer because he's a good impact sub as well, by the way. And so they're thinking, ah, oh, you know, 30 million divided by two, yeah, 15 million each for an impact sub. That's not too bad. But suddenly, you know, we've got proper options off the bench. And mm-hmm. uh, this, you know, this is not the first time we've won games this season uh, in the last 10 minutes when we've actually uh, brought uh, our 30 million pound impact sub off the bench. And after all that, it was your captain who ended up scoring the second goal anyway. Yeah, who's when he recycled the ball by sliding in That's to keep it in play? That. that was that was the magic moment. Because mm-hmm. yeah. some people would look at that, and go, well, you know, what, why are you even bothering? You know, risking I don't know injury or whatever just to keep that in. Well, there's your answer. Yeah, it was, it was almost like a FIFA goal or something that you see on computer games where the ball gets yeah. cleared. The goalie's in no man's land, and it's it's a great finish when you see it because the ball comes back to him quickly. Rifles it yeah. into the empty net. Yeah. It's a great finish. And then they take- Chris Bird was actually playing FIFA just to predict the score of this game. <laughs> yeah, we, I think what, what, what I liked about Mings's goal was the celebration afterwards. He just took off down, you know, along the the, the Horden side. High five, very, yeah, very satisfying. Yeah. yeah. Yes, was Mings was high fiving the lovers and punching the haters in the face as he as he <laughs> as he as he ran down, as dropping the elbow. Mostly just punches. Yeah, if you weren't at the game, that's what was happening. <laughs> in the Doug Ellis, just punching the haters in the face, and rightly so. <laughs> the chap sitting next to me uh, is a good guy, actually. Yeah, he said uh, at the start of the game, uh, he said, ah. Ah, Ming's not a captain for me. He's not a captain. He should be concentrating on his own game. Uh, I shouldn't make him captain. Concentrate on your own game. And then when Ming scored, he said, Hey, see, I told you. I always loved Ming's. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> but yeah, you know, there's nothing we haven't seen. There's nothing like super new, but it just seems to uh, he's simplified matters and said, Apart right, from winning, that was quite new. Yeah. Let's, let's yeah. get back to winning, shall we, lads? <laughs> that's a good idea. It. I like I, I like it, SG. I like what you're saying there. Yeah, that's it. Just just get back to winning. That's all I need to tell you guys. You could see in the first <laughs> 20 minutes how he actually wants them to play the when it works well and it's move the ball at pace and it's and it's sort of hunting packs when you haven't got the ball, which is kind of what they did at Rangers. But of course, the, the standard of opposition, Rangers could do that. I think when, if Villa tried to do that against top sides, they'll probably get very tired. Pretty, you know, you've got to be really fit, haven't you, to play with that like a really intense press all over the field. Yeah, but I think recently, you know, as the results have shown that we did get to a state where we took on the top sides yep. and went toe to toe. And I think uh, I don't see anything changing with Gerard because nope. uh, hopefully he'll realise that that's now in our DNA and uh, with a little bit of you know his extra determination, uh, we, you know, we might continue to have success against these teams. And as well, you know, the last sort of few years over Villa, especially in the Premier League year, there's been so much to be said for just a bit of confidence and a bit of belief in the team because these aren't bad players, but they're just, they've got that inconsistency. And when you they saw the believe, second that we scored, the whole, yeah. the whole yeah. Yeah. mood changed. Lifted, the team lifted, yeah, and you thought, Oh, we could just run through them here. That was probably the the biggest celebration uh, this season yeah. at Villa Park. Yeah, the Watkins goal. Yeah, there was you know there was a lot of hugging going on. Shall we say? I immediately wanted to go out and play table golf. It was ridiculous. I, don't <laughs> <laughs> I walked all the way to the city centre. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to uh, just play football manager and see if I could recreate that uh, next season if, if uh, I saw Watkins. <laughs> I mean, it was uh, pretty euphoric in the last, uh, well, last five minutes it was rocking, was it not? Yeah, and then obviously, you know, with the baby chance, we could have got a third, which, let's be frank, would have really flattered Villa. Yeah, I mean, as, as that 3-0 against Everton, that pretty yeah, much flat, flattered us as well. Yeah, but, both games were one as really, but it's... It would um, be nice if they scored the goals in the first half, and uh, we could then leave, genuinely, <laughs> to... Uh, <laughs> Attempt to get a train one day. But yeah, beat the train chaos. Uh, I mean, I normally, this well, this season, anyway, I've biked to every game apart from this one, because uh, we met all met up before the game, and uh, you know, I didn't have one of those, what are they, tandem bikes? So I was going to get a train back, but alas not, in the you know, after the ridiculous queues and well it was just, it was just a fuck up on the trains wasn't it it's just not fit for purpose we had to uh, walk into uh, town we had to walk into town find another public house to refresh ourselves uh, <laughs> it's a novel idea though isn't it From, maybe it's off the back of COP26 that to, to you know cancel all the trains and put everyone in complete gridlock so they're forced to maraud the dystopia that is Aston and <laughs> I love the Litchfield Road you know the old HP Source factory the old BRMB it was all the sites Phil got to see Welcome to Birmingham. I, I don't know what you were complaining about. I thought it was fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> somebody did comment uh, when I, I retweeted somebody's uh, well advice to the train company. Uh, somebody commented on the thread. Uh, there, there should be like some kind of villa mile of restaurants and bars that you could make your way into town by you know jumping from one to one, like one stretch. Isn't that what Tony had in mind? Well, that's what I was thinking. It was ahead of his time, old uh, Dr. Tony. Can you imagine what a recon La Rambler would have looked like? Yeah. <laughs> La <Le> Recon. <laughs> Just La Con. But the Spurs Stadium, uh, 
gives you an insight into what happens if you provide good facilities. People will stick around and stagger their return home, which kind of ultimately in the bigger picture helps everybody in terms of space on trains and uh, not having to queue like uh, it's 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 not it's inhumane why would you put yourself through that to queue for hours and not get a train until like six o'clock or something there'll be people who and actually probably listening to this podcast now are still queuing for the yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's just humiliation isn't it you pay your good money yeah. and then you have to get humiliated like that. It's yeah. like, f- come on. That's why have- very few people pay for those train tickets these days. I'm talking about humiliation and inhumane. Um, to being at the game, you do notice things. Uh, Morgan Sanson being made to warm up whenever um, the three subs had already been put in the ditch. <laughs> was, <laughs> was a good one. I've enjoyed that myself. That's what you get for going to Disneyland, son. Come on, Morgan. <laughs> there, there might be a concussion. You never know. You'll get on. Oh, that's it. <laughs> Ramsey, you know he got subbed off at the other side of the pitch, so he had to walk all the way yeah. around behind the goal in front of the the, uh, the hole. He was signalling to Watkins when he got the ball to cut inside. Don't pass to Al Ghazi. So uh, he takes an does he take an assist for that goal? It's a pre-assist. Yeah, I think the whole whole, yeah. the whole hold were doing the same thing. Come inside and hit that. I mean, it's the only thing he could. Yeah. Do. <laughs> yeah, can anyone just shoot? Because there was the one, wasn't there, earlier in the game where the ball fell to McGinn. The goalie sort of missed his punch. Felt him. You thought just fucking blast it. Ninety nine percent of the time, he puts his laces through it. Yeah. I think the new slogan of this podcast should be uh, "Just win." That's, that's all Steve and Gerard did just when he win. turned up first training session. Keep this short, lads. Just win. See you tomorrow. <laughs> no, see you tomorrow. Don't tell anybody what my team talk is, by the way, lads. <laughs> that's confidential. Uh, but yeah, no, it certainly changes the mood. I think if we get something from the Palace uh, in the next game, that will uh, set us up nicely for the big battles ahead. The emotional return to Anfield and the emotional return of uh, playboy come footballer Jack Grealish to uh, Villa Park as well. <laughs> He'll be injured when he, let's be honest. Right, anyway, start of the game, this Brighton game. What was it? No player on the pitch won more tackles or created more chances than Matt Target. He's a man reborn already. He's back in the game. I like what Phil said. He's been reprogrammed. I like that idea. That he's been, <laughs> someone's inserted <laughs> it. Control-alt-deleted. Yeah. Penetrated with a USB disc and, and he's... Uh... Turned him off and on again, yeah. He's got the <laughs> software update, didn't he? <laughs> Is he Android or is he... Uh... They just installed Alan Wright into him. What is he? Is, uh, he's iOS. He's a Nokia. What's the, the open source? Linux. What, uh, Linux. 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 Yeah, he's Linux. Li- Linux? 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 Linux. Which one is it? <laughs> he's Linux, isn't he? <laughs> open source. <laughs> I think I might reprogram him tonight, actually. I'm going to have to hack in there. What, are you going to reprogram him as Negatron? Well, a fullback that scores a hat-trick every game. Oh, like it. Right, what's the burning question of the week? It's from Candice. <laughs> Candice uh, Floodgate, I think her name is. Yes. And Candice Floodgate says, should Gerard stick with this, the 4-3-3 formation with the same personnel away against Palace? Do you make any changes to it because it's an away game? Bearing in mind uh, Palace's strengths as well. I mean, they're also draw specialists, are they not? Do we keep it tight and then sucker them at the end? Well, Palace have conceded more goals than they were team in the league from set pieces. So today they've let in nine goals from set pieces, even more than us. It's a good job we've got a specialist. (laughs) We've got two specialists now, haven't (laughs) we? Grief. Yeah, one to leave the the cones out and the other one to do the job. (laughs) I think you boil it down. Do you play that front three away from home against Palace? 
It's a cert Keenan Davis is playing, isn't it, scoring? And then you can boil that question down to, do you play Ings and Watkins? <laughs> I, I think you play Ings and Watkins. I just I wonder who you play on the other wing. I mean, two of the top five players, I would say, but as I mentioned last time, but also it's, you know, it gives the opposition something to think about as well. It's like, it's a bit weird. Why would you not play both of two of your most expensive signings in the history of your football club? We've got to work yeah. out how to use Buendia. I don't think we've yeah, we we've do. cracked that. And yeah. I've said before, I do think he's going through a little bit of a patch like we had with Petrov at the beginning where, it, I don't know, the pressure or um, I, I'm not he fits there somewhere because there's those moments where you can absolutely see what he can bring and un- you know he's, he can unlock defences well the question is uh, as the guy next to me said he's too lightweight he's too lightweight but I don't subscribe I don't to that because that. lightweight players are lightweight when you don't have a team that controls possession and you don't get them on the ball you don't get the ball to them because he's in the team and we paid a top dollar for him because technically he's very good he's very bright and he's quick thinking and you need to have the ball you need to be attacking there's no point buying him if, if you're going to have 30 odd percent possession every game because most of the time he's going to be running around pressing closing down we bought him to uh, ruin teams so uh and to control and to run the game. They call Messi lightweight, do you? Oh, well, sh- Shavi and Iniesta, they weren't tall. Yeah, lads. they're all fucking lightweight in terms of uh, stature. So that's just a lazy <laughs> no, label. Sh- shit houses like Busquets and Puyol behind them, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> just make that point. <laughs> well, it's not his fault. He hasn't got any shit houses around him. <laughs> Quite right. He's just Quite got right. Morgan Sanson, and he can't even be bothered to be fit. I think with with Wendy, that'll be the, that'll be the. One of the bigger questions moving forward is how do you incorporate him to get the best out of him? Because we don't know. Some people say, oh, well, he played out wide for Norwich, but he played in a team that were dominating teams and the team was built around him and he was allowed to cut inside. Saw against Brighton because his natural instinct is to come inside and get involved. There's always an overlap. Like Brighton always had the extra man because they obviously played a back three with wing backs. They had a five in the midfield. So if if you just, we didn't have any width and they did. Yeah. Um, so you, all of a sudden you think, well, actually in that position, would a Traore or a Trezeguet or a Bailey be more effective in terms of giving you width and carrying the ball? Probably. But has Buendia got that trickery? Yeah, but I, th- I think so is Traore. But I think Buendia, you know, you need, once, you need to get up and running first. I yeah. mean, this is the interesting situation uh, that Gerard has is actually... Smith, you know, never got to the stage where he had a chance of working out what his best formation was because they were never fit, never, you know, all ava- available to play and never had a chance of getting a few games under the belts to uh, develop an understanding. So Gerard's no different from Smith in that respect, but at least he's now, uh, these players are around and available now. So, you know, after a few games, he'll be able to work it out, I would imagine. You'd, you'd like to think so. I, th- I mean, luckily for him, I think most people in the ground and him himself, he'll, he'll, he'll know that actually the defence, if everyone's fit, I think he knows what his back four and goal is and probably how he wants to protect them with probably Louise to their end of the pitch. So he kind of And he knows he has talent and yeah. we, we've got talent up there. And as you've said a few times, you know, our best 11 might not necessarily be all the best players. Yeah, I don't know how distinct a good thing it is, but it was good to see actually after being written off for playing, Sanson was actually on the bench, so he's not that far away from uh, at least uh, being a potential option. And uh, you know, Gerard will have fresh eyes on him, and uh, will be able to know if he's uh, actually because he can still improve the team if he's uh, yeah. what he's meant to be. 
and he could be a missing link. I mean, hopefully I'm not clutching at straws here. Burton. If you get a genuine box-to-box player who can play well with the ball and, and sort of bomb forward, all of a sudden he could give us a real balance and then you think, oh, yeah. all of a sudden there's a spot for a Buendia infield and he, he might take the place of someone like, say, for example, a Ramsey. And if you had like a Sanson McGinn and then a a sitter or you've got Buendia in there all of a sudden McGinn and you know a more aggressive midfielder can do that work and it allows Buendia to play like a free almost like Al Grealish did like a a, sort of a free a free role yeah it just needs me to carry it a bit more in uh in the center of the park to allow uh you know the opposition to be drawn in so Buendia can uh you know find spaces to actually then start scheming yeah because I actually thought to be fair to me I haven't mentioned it but I actually thought Nakamba did his job really well I probably won't get the credit he deserved, but he actually just broke things up. I still think he's a little bit scruffy with possession sometimes, but scruffy. the actual role he was there to do, <laughs> like he did it really well. What do you say, Phil? He's like a puppy, scruffy. <laughs> Scrappy, <laughs> scruffy do. But I thought he did really well. Him and McGinn, I thought, worked really hard, and Ramsey did, to be fair, as well. They had, they had to sort of put in a lot of miles and work really hard without the ball. Unfortunately, when we you know, we worked so fucking hard to get the ball back, when we actually won it, we kept giving him it back. Anyway, it's good to be pointing in the right direction now, and uh, hopefully this might not necessarily be uh, a relegation scrap this season, but we have tough games ahead, so uh, it's not going to be uh, all rosy. There may be a few bumps in the road before uh, Gerard can... Uh, I mean, it's it's a baptism of fire in certain respect to have that seven games in December on the horizon as well. I think he'll only p- probably be able to uh, ease into the seat uh, probably mid-January, uh, kind of February, really. So uh, patience in terms of results, etc. But a great start just because it gets that five-game losing streak, which he's actually, uh, he, he hasn't dismissed it as nothing to do with him. Straight away, he's taken responsibility to it and he says it's a wee job. And uh, that was quite uh, reassuring that he's actually shouldered that five-game losing streak as if it was his. And, uh, you know, said he's got to own it, David. He could have said, oh, it's before my time, nothing to do with me. But uh, he did say it in the context of uh, we and uh, good luck to him. Of all these ex-players, would you prefer Solskjaer? Crying. not on the wheel anymore, is he? (laughs) (laughs) Doing Doing his departure video. How fucking weird was that? Yeah. You've been sacked, but can you do an interview for us? Yeah, <laughs> nice one. I mean, I, I mean, for my Dean Smith departure video, I just watched the Norwich uh, welcome video <laughs> <laughs> where, where he said the first thing we're going to do is become tough to beat. Well, that's what we were telling you, Dean, for the whole <laughs> six weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Said so if you haven't got the players available, and uh, which is unfortunate, you could say it's mitigating circumstances, but as I said repeatedly, the first thing you do is just make yourself hard to beat and wait until they return. And we didn't make ourselves hard to beat because we were 2-0 up in games and we're throwing it away with 10 minutes to go. So, But yeah, no, it's, it is funny how they all say the same thing. Team struggling. First of all, got to become hard to beat. The standard line, isn't it? Along with, like, they're a massive club, great history... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, to his credit, uh, Gerard did. uh, He was kind of distinct in what he was saying. I mean, iconic club, iconic club, whatever. Obviously, you know, you say that in reference to why you would take such a position, but you know, let's not forget, there's not that many jobs out there, and probably we are the best. I would say best job Gerard could possibly have at this stage of his career. I think the one good thing I noticed that, and he, he didn't have to do it. Was I mean he hasn't done much open media as in even the club decided to put his press conference behind a paywall. Duh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he did make the point of saying that the press conference is the couple I've seen him do when Liverpool's been brought up. It brought up he's he said that they're, 
they're not about Liverpool. He's he's always brought it straight back to our club, you know. So I, I've, yeah. I've, I've liked that. Yeah, I mean, he's he's no fool, and he you know he understands the situation of the fans. And uh, probably thinking I'll have plenty of time to talk about Liverpool when I'm there. So uh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in between Kindle chapters. <laughs> But no, I mean, he's he's obviously has empathy with fans thinking, oh, you know, he's Liverpool man, Liverpool man. And, you know, he's he's aware of how he will be perceived. Uh, and he has to win winners over. More so than any other half-baked manager that would come in. I mean, you know, if we got Southampton's manager or Brighton's manager, there wouldn't even be that those questions about, you know, is his heart in it with Villa? But where we are, I mean, uh, I have no problems with Gerard. There's obviously... Uh, the experience thing but at the same time it's not experience of proven failure or proven averageness it's he's got a pretty clean record of being a winner and success so uh that and he's got standards and uh he's not here to piss around Charlie Watkins said that yeah. after the game that you know no offense to Dean Smith but he's only been here a few, you know a few few days but standards have been raised and expectations are there and even like rules have been brought in which I'd love to know what those rules are well it's simple just win looking at you just Mr. Louise <laughs> Let's see any see any rules. Just win. Stop being a prick, Louise. He said something like that. It wasn't quite that phrase. Yeah. It had the word prick in it. <laughs> Mr. Louise is doing his bit for inter inter team relations and bonding. He's uh, he's clout chasing. Get your old gossip merchants. Right, so before we go, just want to give a shout out to uh, the My Old Man Said patrons for supporting the show. And turning up to our match club as well uh, before the Brighton game. Also, uh, consider if you're not uh, a member already, uh, becoming a Myoman Said patron. Uh, go to myomansaid.com and find the uh, the patron option on the menu bar. If you're on a mobile device, it's uh, the menu bar is at three lines in the top left hand corner. Uh, when you become a My Old Man Said patron, you get uh, access to uh, the My Old Man Said patron podcast channel. And also membership of Match Club, where we will be meeting uh, virtually for the uh, Crystal Palace game. And there's a few more in-the-flesh meets proposed uh, for Villa Park games uh, coming up in the season. So please do uh, check that out. Uh, if you uh, sign up for the year, you get 15% off, which is uh, two free months as well. So go to myomanshead.com and check out the patron option for more details. Uh, also, don't forget to uh, follow the podcast and whatever app you listen to it on follow us on twitter as i mentioned earlier on and uh enjoy your week and thank you very much for listening uh, any final words from any of you gents just win i woke up with a pink fluorescent golf ball in my pocket oh, yeah, that's really normal <laughs> yeah so sign up for match club <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what happens in Match Club? You got some kind of pink wristband on as well. I don't know where you ended up uh, that night. Anyway, <laughs> enough of that. Keep the mystery. It's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from them. Goodbye. 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 He watched El Ghazi in training all week and then he put him in the pitch. Never thought that would happen. He's a training ground player, Phil. We do know this. <laughs> he did mention, uh, he said, uh, then uh, later on you bring on class like Young and El Ghazi. I oh, know, he, he shortened it. He called him Ghazi now. Ghazi, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ghazi. Like Kazi. <laughs> <laughs> Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. 
Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.